0: say about our climate? What's going um, on with
1: the climate? Oh, look, my, my teacher sent a whole long message through about that the other day. What they he was saying, um, I'll just try and encapsulate it. He said, because Earth plane humanity has been so strongly patriarchal for so long, it's thrown the balance of the planet out because we're part of planet Earth, we're intrinsically linked in with nature. And so this is behind a lot of the unnatural heating up of the planet, because yang polarity represents heat. Mm. Yin and yang are simply polarities, they're opposites. So yang is hot, yin is cold. Uh, Yang is day, yin is night. Um, Yang is male, yin is female.
0: That's fascinating, Judy. Life I've never heard nature. it expressed and like
1: because that. Of the over patriarchalness of the planet, it's reached a level of complete imbalance, and that's what's causing climate problems.
0: Okay, so.
1: You got to accentuate
0: the positive. Whoa! I feel good. A little bit of feel that goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life.
1: Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else?
0: Welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. As always, wonderful to be with you again. I have uh, and remember to like and subscribe and all that good stuff you know I say this at the beginning of my shows because when people say it you usually do it I always forget to tell people like subscribe sign up to the newsletter let me introduce you to a beautiful wonderful woman Judy Carroll welcome to the show
1: thank you Karen lovely to be here
0: I met Judy a couple of years ago. We were up in Byron together. Catherine and Mick were putting on conferences. There was the Afterlife Explorers and then there was the UFO conference. What was it called? Contact? Close contact? Close contact? Oh, yes, your contact, I think. One of those. Anyway, you were speaking. I saw your talk there. It was a great talk. And yeah. I think that as you were coming down the stairs, I sort of stopped you and I said, I loved what you have to say. I have to put you on the show. So it's taken a few years. But we're here now here we are (laughs) we've actually met up again (laughs) (laughs) taken a few years but listen judy sent me her bio it's a long bio but i love it i think that it's great it's really going to um, explain what we're going to talk about today so i'm going to read the whole thing so here we go judy carroll was born in queensland australia her family background is from creole south america south american slash spanish english and romany gypsy this is wonderful i love this she left school to pursue a career as a professional flamenco dancer following in the footsteps of her grandmother who was a dancer and clairvoyant medium in the romany tradition judy feels that this background has helped her to assimilate the encounters she had with the gray et's since her early childhood 60 years of these ongoing and at the time fully conscious encounters has given her a deep insight into the phenomena which is happening to many thousands of people across the world and being born into a Romani family she also uh, gives her insight into being different amongst fellow humans and it, it which is the effect it has an effect on the psyche a full awakening and contact with et's came in 1983 at the age of 30 with a daytime encounter during which several greys appeared to her in full daylight and she recognized them as family She was given a massive download of information and advised uh, regarding the mission being carried out on earth, the part that she was to play in it and further studies she needed to do in order to undertake this role to the best of her ability. The visitors advised her to meditate, to facilitate easier telepathic communication, to study Tai Chi and natural healing. So Judy did eight years of training in meditation development groups, where she learned channeling, automatic writing, and six years of training in Reiki to master level. Judy has been a qualified Tai Chi and Qigong instructor for over 30 years. In 1995, another encounter at a sacred site occurred in the UK where a long needle with a crystal on the end was inserted into your brow chakra point. The purpose of this was another major download of information where she was asked by her ET family to write a book on ET earth human contact but from the ET perspective. She fulfilled this mission when uh, a human by day zeta by night was published the book human by day zeta by night was published in 2011 in 2000 judy was led to find a final piece to another book when helena is it helena Helene. Helene. helene helene k contacted her asking for assistance for her family who was going through an intense and frightening at the time paranormal experiences this activity turned out to be genuine extraterrestrial contact aimed specifically at the two children of the family, during which a second grade teacher made his presence known through Helene's daughter. This connection led both women to understand their deep connection and they co-authored the book, The Zeta Message. Not long after these books were released in 2011, Judy attended a meeting on an ET ship that involved a discussion on the past and present situation on earth including the hijacking of the planet many millennia ago in light of this a third book was suggested to cover the et history of earth the hijacking and of the planet by a rebel force and the subsequent manipulation of scriptural accounts of events that took place in the distant past. The book is The Extraterrestrial Presence on Earth. Lessons in histories, details are given of how this subtle manipulation of human minds continues to this day. Judy's full comprehension that she was the blended soul surfaced around this time, which allowed her to be consciously aware of both her human and Zeta aspects. You can find Judy's website, you can find Judy at her website, which is ufogreyinfo.com. Yes. <laughs> at the end of the show, we can go now. <laughs> <It's not funny. laughs> so... So that outlines your story, and uh, it's quite an amazing story. Let's hear it from your perspective. Uh, What was the first? So it said here at 83 at the age of 30. Let's go into this daylight encounter. What happened?
1: Yes, um, it was very interesting. Up until that time, I was aware of having contact with non-human beings. But in Australia at that time, nobody had heard of greys. There was no things here like Roswell event in America you know so no one was familiar with this sort of thing at all Um, and I was brought up in a family they were very open family spiritually but they weren't into ETs I mean we just never never discussed that thing it wasn't part of our world but I was aware of these beings who were around me um, and even from the age of 15 I had a few experiences and I had got into the habit of calling on one of them who I thought of as a devic being Because, as I say, I knew he wasn't human. So this is how I thought of him. Um, And I got into the habit of calling on him for help, and I was very aware of him being around me. But on this particular day in 1983, I was married by then and living on acreage with my husband and all our animals. And my husband's family were visiting for the day. And in the afternoon, I started feeling a little bit off, like I was coming down with the flu and I excused myself to go upstairs to a quiet bedroom back the house and lie down. And I became aware of this paralysis feeling through my body, which I had had before. But on this occasion, it was a little bit different because there was this loud, roaring, buzzing sound in my head um, to such a point it was giving me a headache. So I lay down on the bed and I was actually feeling quite scared and I was aware of starting to go into another state. And the next thing I became aware of was about three beings standing beside the bed. I mean, I didn't think of them as greys back then, because I'd never heard of greys, didn't know what they were supposed to look like, but I could see they weren't human. And now I realise they were greys. Anyway, they began communicating with me, and they were so physically real, they were blocking out light coming in in through the window. This was mid-afternoon, and they were blocking out light coming in through the window. And we had a long conversation. And during this conversation, they actually joked with me, they said, oh, you've been hiding yourself out here long enough out on on the acreage property, time for you to get back to work. I was "What? what, what, what are you talking about? so they started explaining to me about my blended soul that this was a role that i'd chosen like a pre-birth choice coming into this life um and that my job was to be like an ambassador between them and earth humans and having a, a blended soul i was able to have conscious experiences from both sides so i'm consciously aware of being an earth human but after this experience, I also became consciously aware of working up on the ship as a grey. And I've had a few interesting experiences up there in that role. So, anyway, they explained all this to me and they told me that I needed to learn to meditate. Now, as you read in the bio, I've been a professional dancer and I'm a flamenco dancer of all things. Um, so, in one way, this is good because um, in flamenco, when you're dancing, you go into sort of a trance state, it's being done mm. properly. Mm. and um, the, the term they use in Spanish is blender which means like spirit and you go into this slightly altered state but at the same time you've got to stay physically aware because you know the footwork and the guitarist playing playing castanets. so it's almost like right from that early age I was trained in left and right brain operation carrying out two things like left and right brain at the same time but the disadvantage was because it was such a physical thing I found meditation hard. I had cried it a couple of times and just couldn't get into it. So the Grey family, who I recognised, as soon as I saw them, I remember, I oh, know you're family. There's nothing to be scared of a um, scale. And their advice was to take up Tai Chi, which, again, back then I'd never heard of. Um, I think I had a vague idea of it very very little and they explained to me it's like yoga except there's more movement and it's going to be a good bridge for you between being a dancer and learning to meditate. They said also um, you'll be taking up a natural healing technique one of these days and in the future (laughs) you'll be teaching these to people. So of course again I started to panic a bit because I had no idea of any of this I was talking about. Oh how can I teach? I don't even know what it is. They <laughs> said to me you need to move from the acreage, you need to come back into the city so you you know you're close to people and you know can access classes. So over the next three years, it took about three years for all this to sort of come through in my mind and, and weird opportunities and coincidences arose in that we did end up moving back to the city which we had no intention of doing so from there one coincidence after another happened Uh, there happened to be tai chi classes just starting the following week around the corner from when we moved in some um, people came up uh, as neighbors who had the woman had trained in meditation for 10 years and her um, friend who was her teacher down south had also come up here to Queensland, and she was going to start a meditation group, and I was invited out of the blue to join this group, and it was a closed circle, and I'd never meditated in my life, jo- you know, invited to join a closed circle, which was quite amazing. And in the process of all this happening, um, I also was training in Tai Chi, it took me a couple of years to train to teacher level, so I got the opportunity to teach there, I was in the meditation group for about, I think it was eight years, uh, during which time I learned automatic writing, which was of huge help when I came to write the books. But at that point, I knew nothing of that. And um, a fellow joined my Tai Chi class who was a Reiki channel. and Reiki was fairly new back then in the 1980s, and he'd learned Reiki. And um, I, I had learned spiritual healing in the group, but I could feel the difference of the energy. His energy in his hands was much stronger than some of the professional healers in the group who were good healers. So I thought, okay, I've got to look into this. (laughs) So he, he ended up going on to become a Reiki master, so I was able to learn through him. So this is how I got into Tai Chi, Reiki, and meditation. And since then, I have been teaching Tai Chi, as you say now, for over 30 years. I've been teaching Reiki since 2000. And, um, of course, Tai Chi is a wonderful form of meditation. And I also learned to meditate in the group.
0: Do you tell your students about your dual soul? Like, do you say, you know... Very, very
1: few of them. Um, Really? Yeah. It's quite interesting because I've actually met up with several other greys down here. Mm. Um, Helene, the one who co-authored the Zeta message with me, she's one of our group we've worked together in a past life which is why we immediately recognized each other as soon Mm. as she rang me um asking for help with the children we recognized each other Mm. and we've since met another friend also um and i have a few friends over in america also and we were all part of a group up Mm. there Mm. (laughs) in the past life
0: wow yeah i think there's lots of you down here really uh lots and lots i want to get into that look there was something that you said about the noise You felt, because I was watching last night, I was watching this guy talk about, you know, being an astral projector. He said, I'm going to give you eight tips on how to do it. And he was talking about his experience, the first experience he had when he was trying to get out of his body. And he said that he, he heard this noise like a jet engine noise. And I'm like, really? What was the noise? And then you said you heard this noise. Yeah. So I'm thinking... That when the greys first contacted you, you are actually out of, your, out of your physical body and in an astral body. Look, when you're in your astral body, you, it, it's so real. It feels like a yes. physical body. It, it, oh, some well, people I don't mean, even know that they're out of their physical body.
1: Exactly, exactly. That's exactly what happened because I could see them, but my
0: eyes were closed.
1: Right. Um, so obviously I was operating through my third eye and it was yeah. clear, clearer than you know, looking normally. And I think that this buzzing loud buzzing sound is, when you're being lifted up out of the body, I think it's the sound of the astral plane. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit like, I don't know, when you were a child, I used to play a game. I used to put my hands over my ears and take them away and you sort of hear the sound and then it disappears
0: and it comes in again. Oh, actually, that sounds familiar. (laughs) It's something I might have done, actually. It sounds very familiar. I don't know. I don't have full memory of it, but... uh... So, okay, all right, okay. What fascinates me is the agenda, the agenda. So apart from you, they wanted you to be down here to, you know, teach and tell people about, you know, how to meditation as a way that we can try and get a hold of these crazy human minds that we've got, you know, try and focus the mind, focus the mind. Yes. Uh, yes. A lot of people say to me, uh, you know, in, in my sessions and in the groups that they can't meditate because they can't focus their mind. But it sounds to me like doing Tai Chi or, or Qigong, or the other one, you know, this moving meditation. For people that have these crazy minds, that might be a better way to sort of focus their mind better if they're moving their body. It might help them.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's actually a very, very good way of doing it. Um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of students. I teach at a couple of senior citizen centres. In one class I have about 30-odd students and another one about oh, 15 or so. Um, and some people... Can, get it and some don't. For some, it's just a physical exercise and that's Mm. fine because, Mm -hmm. I mean, Tai Chi is brilliant for for the body, even though it's gentle, it works the body very hard. Mm. Um, But for those who understand the mind focus aspect of it, it takes it to a whole new level. Um, As I always tell my students what my teacher used to tell me, with Tai Chi, it's about that wide but that deep. Um, there's so much involved in it when you get into the mind side of it. Um, and yes, when you're doing it to that level, you do, you become very, very focused and you can actually feel a chi coming into your hands and sort of a yeah. tingling sensation it's yeah. through your body. It's absolutely beautiful. I've seen
0: amazing people do things with chi. You know, like these superhuman uh, like comic book type stories that we have where people can sort of like, you know, like zap you and all that. So I've actually seen people do that with chi um i I just you know there was this healer this this guy said he mixes the yin and the yang energy and he solar plexus and he projects it out his hands and he can light light fires and stuff it's amazing but anyway let's get back to the zetas because so it sounds to me okay they wanted you to come and be a benefit to humanity so teach them healing teach them meditation but it sounds like it sounds like they're trying to correct they're like you they're coming back into this timeline because they're trying to correct something that happened in another timeline something about this this part that you said about the um uh what was it the subtle manipulation of humans yeah, the
1: hijacking of the planet. the
0: hijacking can you go into that a bit more what's that all about
1: Yes, um, the, the planet was actually hijacked by a group who were developed down here by an off-planet reptilian group. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the Viconians. They came down here to develop a human race and it was around the time of the dinosaurs. So this human race, as opposed to modern man who was developed out of a primate, this earlier human race was developed out of a, a saurian-type biped. So I refer to them in my book extraterrestrial presence on it as i refer to them as the reptilians because i want to differentiate between them and the reptilians there's a lot of negative stuff put out about the poor old reptilians. And the majority of reptilians are lovely, lovely people. I know a couple of them down here and they often take on roles, protective roles, like in the police force. I know one who's a specialist, a heart specialist doctor. They're very, very much into healing. So I like to differentiate between the the woodies (laughs) and the reptilians who actually developed as an early earth human race down here, some of whom really did fall off the track. as as most cultures have done at some stage you know we've all we've all been there done
0: that um and well well, the thing about contrast is that what i find interesting in the human perspective the human collective is that humans like go oh bad terrible oh terrible terrible let's fight against it but yet as a soul we come to a polarized contrasting planet like earth to experience contrast (laughs) so then we get here and we say oh it's so terrible it's so terrible but the thing is that you know this this uh, negative timeline or negative stream of consciousness, or whatever you want to call it, yeah. you know, it serves a purpose yes. in creating contrast so exactly. that souls. don't have contrast can come and have it so they had their they they serve their purpose yeah
1: exactly i mean how can you know good if you if you don't experience bad i mean that's the bottom line yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly
0: exactly so Um, anyway go on so this these reptarians how do you say
1: reptarians
0: you know terror terror t-e-r-r-r-z the reptilians reptilians. reptilians so the reptilians born on earth yeah okay yeah so what was their agenda why are they nasty nasty
1: (laughs) well basically what they did they were the ones who went on to create modern man but they were created as a slave race um which wasn't the way things was supposed to go I mean, when, you, when you're in the creator business, you create a race and then you allow them to evolve, which is you know, the correct way to do in creating humans, but they didn't, they decided to take, take control, they wanted to control the planet. And so they held back um, the development of humans or I should say they interfered with the development of humans because there were other Re also at the time assisting in this project and the reptarian group is spoken of as, as um, uh, Lucifer appearing in, you know in the garden of Eden um, interfering with adam and eve that's that's a biblical analogy for it um, they actually interfered with the developing DNA of modern man and so what 's happened <clears throat> it's stopped modern man from evolving to higher levels one of the gray teachers once described it that it's like the universe is a river a fast-flowing river and planet earth has been sort of washed to the side into a stagnant pool and people can't move past this and it's because of this hijacking that happened all those many millions of years ago that has Hmm. stopped mankind from moving on
0: so the dna was hijacked and it sounds to me like Instead of our psychic intuitive abilities developing, they were kind of pulled back. Um, Yes. Yes. Like the DNA was sort of switched off. Uh, Yes,
1: DNA is intrinsically linked in to our amount of conscious awareness.
0: Yeah, now, absolutely. What,
1: yeah. Because planet Earth is right down at the bottom of what the Greys refer to as the human ladder, we can only access about 10% of our potential conscious awareness. Whereas those ones right up the top, that say, for example, we think of as angels, they're able to access 100% conscious awareness. Mm-hmm. Now, the DNA is intrinsically linked into that. So, by interfering with the DNA, they've blocked humans' ability to become consciously aware. Of more higher further dimensions, and this is why we're locked up in third dimension and unable to move past it. And this is the reason mainly why people are taken up on the ships to have their DNA repaired. And this is the reason why many people who have ET contact find themselves becoming more sensitive psychically, more environmentally sensitive, etc., etc., because their DNA is being upgraded.
0: You know, the the powers that be that are overlooking the evolution of the human consciousness and knocking themselves out trying to upgrade this dna in any way they can you know like through healing sessions through sending all these light weavers or wanderers or light workers to earth through giving people near-death experiences uh, through getting teachers on earth teaching you know, all manner of healing. And I first heard about it in my 30s. Somebody rang up and said, do you want to do a DNA course? And I said, what? I said, what's that? And he started talking and I just got this like, yep, you're going. And and he's talking and I go, you can stop talking. And he goes, well, let me tell you, it's this and this. And I go, no, no, stop talking. I'm coming. And it was, you know, it was a healing course about about all this stuff. And yeah, that's right. So that's right. Uh, they're doing their best to try and rectify this. Um, yes,
1: Yes, yeah, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's interesting you're talking about this because this is another very interesting comment that one of the ETs made. Um, on a, a lot of interviews I've been asked, and I know this is a common question people put, why don't the ETs just come down here and land on the White House lawn and fix everything for us? <laughs> <laughs> and so I asked Maris, my great teacher, I said, look, what's a good answer for this? Because everyone's asking me." And he said, look, tell people to look on it this way. He said, you you look at a football team and their coach, The coach can mentor them before the game, they train them and they teach them as much as they possibly can. But when that team runs out onto the field to play, the coach has to stand on the sidelines. He can jump up and down, he can swear, he can tear his hair out, but he's not allowed to run out on the field and help them. He's he's
0: powerless. (laughs) He's powerless. Standing on the sidelines, screaming. I'm sure the Angels, the ETs, they stand on the (laughs) sidelines.
1: And then, of course, he went on to joke. He said, why do you think us greys don't have any
0: hair? He said, this all out of frustration. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's absolutely hilarious. Oh, my God. Look, one of the um, most fascinating conversations I've had on the show was with Susie Hanson. I'm sure you know Susie. Oh, I love Susie, yeah. And... And she spoke about, and she spoke about the Greys having this sense of humour. Oh. Uh, 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 but what ha- you know, some of the things she spoke about, what goes on on the ships. Do you have like, do you have uh, memory of what goes on on the ships? Like some of the oh, technology we, and, oh, I we
1: tease know. each other all the time. Like I'm very close friends with two Greys who were up there and down here. Mm. We give each other upset hell down here. We're always teasing each other dreadful teeth one of them was actually my sibling in a past life and so you know the teasing has been carried over but oh look we have great fun up there
0: um but when, you, ch- when you go up on the ship do you, do you do you kind of leave your physical body on earth and and like take your consciousness to the ship and and like slip it into a gray form or do you yeah yeah
1: no. yeah um i i actually saw myself do this one night Um, I got up out of my physical body because I tend to go up there at night when I'm sleeping down here because Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sort of doing grey work in both uh, down here and up there because I'm Mm -hmm. doing Tai Chi and Reiki here and working up on the ship. Um, So I allowed my human body to sleep at night. In fact, I have to be in bed by about nine o'clock because then I'm late for work. One time they came looking for me when I was running late. (laughs) That's another story. Um, But, yes, this particular night I got up out of my body and happened to look in the mirror and I'm still in my human form. And I don't know, have you ever left your body and looked down at your human form?
0: I haven't, Judy. It's an endless frustration. I've had plenty of out-of-body projections, uh, but I'm always doing something. I'm always off, you know, doing something. I've never had the experience of looking back at my sleeping body. Anyway.
1: Yeah, well, my no. advice is don't. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> because I've heard from several people, i experienced this myself, See my human form in the mirror, Almost gave me a fright. It was, oh my God, you, know, you look funny.
0: Oh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I think that every time I look in the mirror, it wouldn't you? <laughs> <I knew. laughs> but then the next thing happened, I, I
1: shape shifted. Mm-hmm. And when I'm in my grey form, I often wear a black robe with a hood. Mm-hmm. And I could see my grey face inside this black hood. Mm-hmm. And my, my first reaction was, oh, that's why people get scared when they see me. That does look a bit weird. Mm-hmm. And then my second reaction, oh, yes, a grey face. Oh, phew, that looks better. <laughs> and, of course, by doing that, I gave myself the giggles and then, you know, I, I lost consciousness after that. I must have just zipped upstairs. But it was such an interesting experience to look in the mirror and see this change happen.
0: Wow. So it's interesting that you were looking in the mirror. So you were actually in a physical form then. You weren't in an astral form. I'm sure well, if you're I think in an astral
1: form. what it is is everything's multidimensional. So, you know, yeah. the bedroom, even the mirror, everything's operating. Oh, okay. So you're kind frequency.
0: of in an astral. Yeah, an astral. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Because yeah, you're in the astral at that point. And at then the, I
0: went that point, higher. you're in an astral world. So that astral mirror is going to see the astral form, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So do you have much memory of what happens when you're up on the ship? Yes, I, I don't have a huge amount of memory
1: because what I figure is what we do up there is so far beyond our 10% human consciousness. A lot of it I can't bring back. Mm. Um, but I do have one very, very clear memory that I've spoken of on a number of interviews, but, you know, I would like to cover it because we've always had new people listening in. Um, I remember walking into a a room up on the ship, and there was a man lying on the bed, like in the healing clinic area.
0: Yeah.
1: And he was partly paralysed, but he managed to move his eyes enough to see me, and the look of terror, absolute sheer terror on his face was quite, you know, disconcerting. And I tried very hard to communicate with him, but we don't use verbal communication up there. We use um, telepathy. Mm -hmm. And because he was in such a state of fear, the fear was sort of wrapped around him like a cocoon and I Mm -hmm. couldn't get through it. Mm -hmm. And I was literally yelling at him telepathically, look, I'm not going to hurt you. Calm down. You've been here before. Don't you remember? There's no way I could get through. So we ended up, Putting him out completely because I mean, we felt sorry for the poor fellow, so we put him out and eats the ties into their hands. And there's a an, an group down here known as MyLabs, Labs, military abduction group, and mm-hmm. they'd actually got hold of him. He was having genuine encounter experiences with us, but he was also having experiences with this other group who were giving him negative experiences, hits a lot of the fear. Mm. Um, And we had to remove an implant from his brain that this negative group had put in. And three of us were standing around his head. And I remember as clear as day, putting my long grey fingers down into his head and disconnecting this thing and removing it, turning to one of the others standing beside me and saying, oh, that's good, he should be protected now, we've got that out. feeling this big relief
0: (laughs) you know i'm thinking isn't it funny people could be abducted and have these abduction experiences you could have been one of the greys talking to them (laughs) (laughs) i I was to meet my abductor in the human form i mean it's just mind-boggling isn't it oh it
1: has it has happened like some of my reiki students have experienced meeting me up there okay Um, Helene's daughter, when you know, when they were having all these scary experiences in their home, she ended up becoming very close friends with a tall grey by the name of Horus. And she and I used to go up on the ship at night and I'd be like a mentor to her. And she got to know me both in my human form and in my grey form. And she got to realise that, look, you know, she's no different up there. It's Judy it's the same as down here. Uh, and this really helped to reassure her a lot.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the grey race because there's a lot of fear around it that they're robots or they're negative oh. or they're abducting people and hurting people. You know, the Hollywood's done a really good job of, hack job of, um, oh, what's that movie called Signs that... Um,
1: Oh, they run
0: right about the crop circles. Yeah, what's his name made that movie? They call him an Australian, but I think he was actually born in the states. He grew up here in Australia, went back to the states. What's his name? That actor that made it. Anyway, hmm. the same guy that made the one about Jesus um, on the cross. Anyway, he's famous. Can't think of his name. Good oh, with I don't know
1: who you mean. I can't think uh, of his
0: name. Yeah, <laughs> and it was. Such a, it started. The movie started so great, you know, with the crop circles and everything, and then it just became a horror movie. And they depicted these greys. Coming down to eat the, you know, eat the humans. And um, <laughs> so, are there negative greys? Like, what I know that the greys are as diverse as the human race. If you talk about the human race, you could talk about so many different flavors of the human yeah. uh, It's the same with the greys, right? So, um, who are your oh, guys? Look,
1: there, would, there would be level one grays um but what people don't understand is a planet like earth um, is protected so no one negative from out there can come in Mm. but there is a lot of negative interference from down here now these robot grades that they talk about these are the PLFs the programmed life forms that Dr Stephen Greer talks about Um, I think that they were initially created um, for the MyLab, the military abductions from genetic material taken from the bodies of genuine Zeta people who died in the crashes in America Mm. And these things have been actually bioengineered to appear like real greys. Um, and as far as I know, they are pretty nasty little things. But you know, they've been bioengineered. Well,
0: they're probably yeah. not nasty. They just don't have any feeling. They're like a robot. Well, no, just, no,
1: that's right. No so
0: they just yeah. they just do as they're told. They can't, they wouldn't yeah, be inherently no, yeah. nasty. Yeah, yeah. So but I've heard of a lot of people programmed programmed life forms i've heard of a lot of people talk about being you know under the bases and you know in the inside of the earth in bases and stuff and seeing the military with greys uh these are probably the greys you're talking about yeah yeah. they're probably these what did you call them programmed life forms yeah programmed
1: life forms pls PLS. um they also use holographic imagery in their in their abductions as well again, of rays, but they're not real rays. A classic example of this was in the Bud Hopkins book, Witness. I was speaking about this on an interview a couple of weeks ago, and I couldn't think of the name of Hopkins it. it was, Witness. When, I think it was called the Brooklyn Bridge um, incident, where a lot of people driving across the Brooklyn Bridge actually witnessed a woman being floated out of the window of an apartment, surrounded by a couple of rays, and taken uh-huh. up in the ship. This was wow. actually... Yes, it was actually a holographic image that was generated from down here, part of the trickery for the whole thing. Um, He also, uh, Bud Hopkins in his book also talks about the abduction of the Secretary General of the United Nations, Xavier Peret de I think his name was, um, that he was abducted by negative rays and threatened uh, that he'd be killed because he was trying to organise a uh, meeting of heads of state who were going to talk positively about contact. Again, that was a fake abduction to cause fear. And it's all coming from down here.
0: So what do they say at this point about the uh, progress of humanity moving towards a more... Enlightened, broader perspective, a more like the DNA awakening. What, what do they yeah. say now? Like, how are we doing?
1: Yeah, look, it is happening. I know people get very impatient about the whole thing, but it is happening slowly. Uh-huh. Uh, all the negative stuff gets put across by the media. When I talk about the negative group down here, you know, we're talking about the media and all the government authorities and church authorities, but people are starting to rebel against all this stuff. Um, starting, you can really see, and all this stuff with the um, pedophilia and the priesthood, um, banks, banking organisations, laundry money, it's all starting to come up to the surface. Mm. Um, Pedophilia and Hollywood, all this is coming out slowly. So Mm -hmm. people are starting to wake up. Mm. Um, You've also got to look at the surveys done by the free organisation. Have you heard of that? Mm. Yeah. yeah, Foundation for Research into Extra, Extraterrestrial Encounters. Mm. Um, the patron was the late Dr. Edgar Mitchell, the sixth mm. man to walk on the moon. Now, they run a wonderful series of surveys, about four of them. I've done all of them. And they found that the majority of ET contact is very, very positive. Mm. And they also found the spiritual growth that people are undergoing who have been taken up by genuine ETs. Mm -hmm. Um, Mary Rodwell also talks about Apparently scientists are actually finding That there's a third strand of DNA being developed In some of the star children
0: Oh yeah, absolutely This is what we were talking about In the, you know, 20, 25 years ago When I was doing this healing course uh, Reactivating that third strand of DNA Or what scientists have called the shadow DNA Which they thought, they initially thought When they saw it, that it was just a mistake In the apparatus that they were looking at it through yeah. So the equipment and then they kept appearing and they were like well they couldn't understand it so they just said oh it does nothing but they yeah. found this shadow dna this i don't know we were talking about the 12 strand dna it's like currently we have a two strand dna apparently there's like we can go up to 12 strands oh you know
1: dna is multi-dimensional
0: yeah Mold, absolutely 12 strands at least 12
1: strands they yeah, at
0: least 12 strands, yeah. At least 12 strands. and yeah all about the um you know what we were doing in this healing course is we were talking to spirit guides and dead people and looking inside people's bodies and going up and you know contacting our high selves and you now we were flying all over the universe it was great i was in my early 30s and we were just like Woo-hoo. Anyway, it was fabulous fun. <laughs> <laughs> I remember listening to uh, the woman who was bringing through the course and just saying, oh, my God, this is what Jesus did. And I wasn't religious at all, but it just came to me that oh, he knew about all this stuff, you know. It wasn't any big deal to him. He just he had an expanded consciousness and expanded awareness. And, exactly, um, exactly yeah these miracle healings i've done as i've done miracle healings like he did just simply because i've expanded my awareness so it's all possible and uh all right what other questions do i want to ask you about the greys i'm fascinated about what happens up on those ships really it just um what's the environment like up there
1: very very clinical Mm. very clean and clinical. A lot of people have described them. Um, and it's exactly what, you know, as they talk about, Susie Hanson talks about it in her books. Um, I don't know if you remember, she was actually taken into the um, like the living area for the crew on one of the grey mm. ships and she described it and she described it exactly the way I see it.
0: Very, actually, very... I didn't talk to her about that. I, I probably what heard her talk on other shows, but just tell us what you saw. The living yeah. area. What, what, what's their living environment like?
1: Yeah, well, I can basically quote her because it's exactly the same. Mm. Um, it's a maze of little sort of tunnels and corridors with arched openings and it's all very, very white and pure and clean. There's mm. an actual light comes out yeah. of the wall as you walk along. And it's got a moulded look to it. Now, ever since I was a child, I've always been fascinated with the architecture of the Greek islands. And I've mentioned mm. there's still another, a few other greys down here, and they all say the same thing. It reminds us of home. The little yeah. archways and the little narrow pathways, and each person has their own room. Um, and the shelf beds, Susie talks about the shelf beds in her books, but I, I experienced them many, many years ago. Um, it's
0: very minimalist isn't it in that yeah, empty very minimalist, yes. <laughs> bare yes. bare completely bare
1: quite a zen uh, lifestyle
0: very zen yeah they're not very into zen. trinkets
1: very, very zen <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: not into homewares uh yeah uh, yeah very zen mm. um no well i've seen it I, I, I i've had said this on the show a couple of times but <clears throat> during the fires uh, and all the animals dying you know um I was in the shower one day, and I was um, just resting, <laughs> letting the water just fall over me. And I had this image of this beautiful ship, like this ship. And That's I was talking to who was I talking to? Oh, Penny Kelly. Yeah, and Penny was saying she saw a ship that was jeweled. And I had to say that this vision I had of this ship, um, and now I understand that when I get these visions, I'm just connecting with an a multi-dimensional aspect of myself. That's out of my body because I can't actually say I'm left my body because I'm in the shower, yes. and I'm in my body, but I'm connecting with a part of me that's not in the body and yes. and yes. seeing this ship, it just was stunningly beautiful. And that was my like, oh, how beautiful is this ship? And then I was taken inside, and it was exactly like you described. It was this white, look looks plastic, but it's not plastic. You know, it's not cement. I don't want to know what it is, but it's yeah. white and it's lit and it's yeah. smooth. Yeah, I saw yeah. it. Was that when they were
1: cuddling
0: the, the animals? Yeah, and I saw all the, these greys cuddling the animals. And I, what was really hilarious to me at the time, standing in the shower, was that everything was so smooth and white and, and um, clean, I don't know, and smooth. And these animals are furry, you know, like, yeah. like kangaroos hopping around in this really pristinely white, smooth environment with these kangaroos hopping around and greys cuddling koalas. And um, it just looked hilarious because it was such a contrast between the animal body and the grey environment, the environment of the ship, you know. Oh, and so beautiful. Yeah. And oh, there wasn't it. millions of them. I got the impression that they were just preserving the DNA Um I don't know, they'll probably do some regeneration. I was speaking to another w- wonderful woman, Zoe, probably the last show I did, and um, and Zoe was saying that, you know, we were talking about why the animals died and, and they, she was saying, well, maybe thousands or hundreds of thousands have died, but there'll be hundreds of thousands that'll come back, you know, and they don't worry about this life and death cycle that like right. we do. That's right,
1: that's right. Yeah,
0: so... Mm. Um, But it was interesting that the greys were sort of preserving, you know, just in case they got wiped out, was preserving the the DNA. They've
1: got huge banks of DNA. So any species down here that becomes extinct is protected up there and they can be reproduced. They can either be brought back here or if it doesn't suit them, they can be adapted to other planets. This is actually the work I used to carry out in my past life as a grey. Really? Tell me more yeah, about that. Yeah, I remember doing that, travelling around. We're, we're almost like cosmic gypsies. They're all travellers, <laughs> going around to all these different planets and collecting things. Um, and we would always contact the, um, the sole element of an animal or plant or whatever before taking them. We wouldn't just take them. We'd ask their permission, um, you know, if they wanted to be part of the project, and um, taking them back to our home planet and creating environments so that we could observe them and then if they needed to be settled on another planet we would work with them to readapt them to be able to do this
0: wow absolutely fascinating fascinating it's fascinating you know I, i've had garnet Schulhauser. do you know garnet Schulhauser? he is a yeah. um oh i've had him on the show six times so he was a corporate lawyer He was contacted basically by a spirit guide. He turns up as a homeless man and then he was given his mission on Earth and that was to uh, download his spirit guide's message, which was the first book, and then he was taken out of his body at night into his astral form and flown around the universe and the multiverse and Earth and everywhere. And he's just like been everywhere. He's on book five. And his mission is to just relay what he experiences. One of his journeys, he was told about um, a second A planet that that um, circled Earth like the moon a small planet that millions of years ago was hit by um, an asteroid and was knocked out of Earth's orbit went out into the asteroid belt and exploded and it's part of the asteroid belt out there but on this planet was this whole ecosystem and the greys uh, or the ETs, I don't, he didn't actually say specifically greys, he might have, it was a while, a few years ago he told me this story or I read it in the book actually, uh, took the animals from this planet and the flora, the, the flora the, yeah. and they put it on Earth and they put it in Australia. Oh. So the reason that we have these animals that are completely different to every, any other part of the world is mm-hmm. because they actually came from another planet.
1: Yeah, and
0: but, I said why Australia and he said because of Uluru because Uluru he called it was earth's beacon and um and I've always sort of held on to this notion of this Uluru being like a beacon and yeah. to me it felt like a heartbeat of earth yes, so that yes. the animals felt at home on this planet
1: yes so all
0: these marsupials that we have and yeah, um that's right. they come from this this other planet and uh it just I had never heard anybody else say this, uh, only Garnet, but uh, it was just fascinating to me and um, that that had happened all those millions of years ago and it would explain why we have these unbelievably different animals to any other part yes, of the world. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Don't yes. find them anywhere else. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes huge sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. And then I found out through an Indigenous person online that uh, that the uh, Uluru is actually a part of the Pallades that was yes, kind right. of they have a very strong... that was put into earth. It was like somebody said to me online it was like the sperm to the egg that was earth and it yeah. sort of seeded life. So yeah. uh yeah. So yeah, fascinating. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes, because I know a lot of the indigenous people here do feel the strong link to the plague.:
0: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, so these little things. these little animals aren't going to be extinct, as we uh, as lots of people have been screaming about online. You know, a billion wow. animals have died, and but you know, insects and I think that it's all okay. They might had a bit of a clear out but um yeah
1: it's just probably their time to evolve onto a higher frequency i mean that's the bottom line you know everything evolves everything reincarnates everything evolves so nothing ever dies you know it's the old thing the old story of energy in the universe and the scientific thing about energy cannot be destroyed it only changes exactly the whole universe is energy that's the bottom line yeah so nothing in the universe is ever destroyed it only changes just changes form
0: yeah so the fires have been a big change of form for many, for many. Uh, somebody was saying that their parents' place burnt down and um, but they were these, these unbelievable hoarders. <laughs> 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 they could never get anything organised. And I was thinking it's a bit of a cosmic joke, isn't it, when you think about throwing stuff out and you never do and you just accumulate more stuff and then in one minute, poof, it's all gone. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> like, right now, you don't have to organise it. You've thought about it for thirty years. Now it's you don't have to organise <laughs> anyway. <I love> it. <laughs> sure. Okay. So, getting back to this agenda, what's happened to these reptarians? Like, where are they now? These? Oh,
1: they're still here. They're reincarnating. Yeah, they're still here. They're still controlling the earth. They're still reincarnating back down
0: here. So, they are they humans? They're humans. Yeah. Yeah, they're
1: reincarnating kind of as humans. I think that there are some still in that slightly more reptilian form in the inner earth,
0: which okay. is And of them. Yeah. are they evolving? Oh,
1: every everybody evolves eventually.
0: Are they evolving? I was listening to this young man talk about the law of one who's coming on the show. Actually, uh, lovely young man who's a spiritual teacher, and he's out there, and he's so clear. And when I see these young people coming through, there's quite a few of them. There's a lot yeah. of them. I've just yeah. seen a few of them, who are so clear. They're so tapped in, turned on, tuned in, and they're out there teaching. I, I feel like there's hope for planet Earth when I see these yeah. wonderful young teachers come through. Anyway, he's got, he's got big knowledge on the law of one, which are the books I've never read. And I thought, oh, he can come on and talk about it, and he can enlighten all of us. And he talked about the evolution of the positive path, and then there's an evolution of a negative path. So it sounds like these Reptarians just evolved along a negative timeline. Yeah. Um, but he said when you hit sixth density, you can't evolve past that in a negative form. You have to That's return true. back to love or yeah. back to the source. That's right. That's right. Um, but we're way before, you know, sixth density, like we're in third density. So we're nowhere near. But are these Reptarians still evolving along? A negative path, or what?
1: Some of them are. Some are starting to um, come onto the
0: side of the goodies,
1: <laughs> but yeah, there was some. some. <laughs> All negativity comes out of fear. Fear is the opposite of love, mm-hmm. and, uh, and love is the is a positive path. Fear is a negative path, um, and uh, some of them actually still feed off fear, which is why they're trying to keep humanity in fear. It strengthens them, but are, our work down here is to try and shift humans past fear. Help them to mm. understand that everything is as it should be, yeah. um, and, uh, this is this is where we're at at the moment. And yeah. <clears throat> by cu- by choosing love over fear, and this is this whole Armageddon thing. It's an inner war. It's not an outer religious war. It's an inner war between love and fear. And by overcoming the fear with love, automatically brings protection down for you. And this is what people need to understand for the future, because as quantum quantum physics is proving we create our own reality through the way we think mm. so if want a positive future you've got to learn to move past the fear and think in loving positive
0: terms fear yeah, that's, um, uh, you know i was sharing with you personally that uh we had to postpone this uh, conversation because my daughter had a bit of a incident mm. a bit of a you know, physical incident. And I think, and I can understand this because it's happened to me too, we, there's so much fear that we're injected with around health, isn't yes, there? Yes, um, I, Look, I've been a spiritual hippie most of my life and when I did all these healing courses and I realised that I have control of my health, I really didn't buy into any of the allopathic conditioning. Yeah. Except for one day I was on the couch a few years back now and I had this dreadful pain, like this really sharp, sharp, sharp pain, which I thought I was going to die. And it was in that moment that I thought, oh, maybe I should, maybe, maybe I should go and get tested. And I did and I was completely clear. And then I asked my mom and it was probably like I was passing a gallbladder stone or a kidney stone or something. You know, at the time Mm. when you're in pain, you don't think to ask, what's happening? You're just like in pain. (laughs) And so I've just watched this happen with my daughter. She's had this episode and then she's fine. But the fear about what could go wrong... So she's yeah. gone through the whole allopathic system. She's gone to the doctor. They've sent it to the emergency. She spent all day in an emergency hospital waiting, 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 only to go and be admitted more waiting and then a million tests and then they still don't know. Like yes, what I was telling you. We can't find anything wrong. <laughs> and then this lovely young doctor, he was lovely. We were joking with the young doctor. And he's going, Well, we could do more tests and we could do this test and we could do that test and we could do this test. And I'm like, What does your gut say? <laughs> 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 and then I said to him, I see there's a lot of angels around you and he looked at me like I was completely crazy. Oh, he kind of went <laughs> And I said, <laughs> oh, lovely you work with a lot of angels. He's like, oh my god, there's a crazy woman. (laughs) My daughter was so embarrassed. I said, I love shocking people like that.
1: (laughs) That lovely. Me too. (laughs) When you
0: know that you're the creator of your reality, even when you experience something like a a seizure or you know intense pain, you don't have to buy into that fear that we're so conditioned with when it comes to us. That's right.
1: That's right. Yeah. Because 99.9% of the time, it's the fear that's causing it. It's not actually something physically wrong. Exactly. And if it is something physically wrong, then by changing your way of thinking, you can often overcome it anyway.
0: Exactly. Look, there was some ray of hope in this whole incident, in that the questions he was asking her, apart from all the physical questions, he was asking her, had she been going through some stress? And you know in my books that's that's the thing that causes everything you know it's the it's the fear it's the stress she's been through the fires she's been through a whole lot of other stuff oh. you know and uh, the allopathic system doesn't understand how our emotions and our thoughts affect us and that you can exactly. have an episode when this stress builds up and exactly. you just and all you need to do is calm down anyway just calm down yes. relax chill out and it'll all be fine yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, as we teach in our Reiki seminars,
0: every illness
1: and everything that happens, like negative happening to the body, begins in the energy system mm. caused by a block or something in the energy. Um, and so you know, if you can reach it at that level before it becomes a physical symptom, that's the whole key to all these types of healing,
0: which obviously the Greys know about. I mean, what's it like? you know do they get sick what's their healing like what happens
1: Yeah, some of the some of the ones who aren't on a real high level can but they do understand i mean they're all from from higher levels in here um so yes they understand very much about creating their own um, reality um, up on the ships we have the healing bed so if you're up there and you start feeling off or say you come off a shift and you're really tired you've been diff- dealing with difficult humans all night and you come off feeling shaky <laughs> which does happen you go and lie down on the healing bed and it basically you it, it, it attunes your consciousness into the consciousness of the ship and of the rest of the soul group uh-huh. and clears any blockages that have come up in your energy system
0: Oh, I was saying that in the emergency hospital the other day. I said, in the future, there will be this healing bed and you'll just recalibrate your energy system and any physical ailment will just disappear. Yes. And they're looking at me going, uh-huh. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I was Susie talking about that in a book, and I think she said that if you come off a difficult ship, you either go along and get something to eat or we go along the
0: healing bed. In the healing bed. <laughs> Just recalibrate your energy. Yeah. She started to talk about, and maybe you have an understanding of this, the, the hive mind, the, not the right word, the collective consciousness of the ship. Like you said, on the healing bed, you plug into the energy of the ship because the yeah. ship is conscious. And she talked about this area of the ship where it's like this mind that everyone is connected to. Do you want to speak a bit about that?
1: Yes, yes. It's like a group soul and the ship Mm. is part of it. Um, the greys are very, very closely linked. Down here, when people are putting them down, they talk about, oh, they're a hive mind and there's no free will. Now, that's not right. What the greys do, they actually operate on God's will rather than free wills, put it into earth human terms. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, everything is done for the good of the whole group. Mm-hmm. So you don't do things selfishly. I mean, sure, you might benefit. There's no reason why you can't do something nice that's going to benefit you, but it benefits the whole group. Mm -hmm. Um, and the ship is actually a a living sentient entity in its own right Mm -hmm. and when you go on board the ship particularly the crew all link their consciousness into the ship so we're sort of all operating as one and how we operate the ship is through our palm chakras placed on a, a, a control panel and we channel energy in through our crown chakra something like reiki down here but much much stronger travels down the hard meridians and actually into the body of the ship so this is how the ship works it's on like zero point energy I think they refer to it down here
0: and oh, so, oh fascinating and what's the propulsion of the ship how does I it see, move this energy uh-huh.
1: the consciousness energy, energy. Through the
0: hands. right yeah. but it's uh, is it uh, so how's it moving is it moving just with thought it's yeah. just moving with. So they understand they're the creators of their reality. So they just all link mind and then focus on where they want to be, and then bang, you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how it works? Yeah. Well, You, is. you yes. don't actually travel anywhere. You're just...
1: just. Well, you do, but yeah, it's mm. really hard to put into 3D terms. <laughs> That's funny. My Susie didn't go into it. <laughs>
0: I know, uh, but I'm doing know. my darndest. I'm talking to you, I'm talking to my mom, I'm asking them questions, I'm asking you questions. I'm trying to get my punilinear mind around yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah. And I mean, technology there has um, grown. I mean, over millennia, you know, it's changed. Um, I think some of the ET groups have used nuclear energy in the past, some have used solar energy, some have used all different sorts of energy. Um, but the one that I'm familiar with is just placing hands on and tapping into the energy through your body. Um, and I think, do you remember Susie mentioned the little shoes everyone wears?
0: No, she didn't oh. say that on my show. She might have said it on <laughs> another show. <laughs> I, I'll have to get her back. Look, uh, yeah. No, what are the shoes? What yeah, are the...
1: They're, they're cotton and rubber soles and they help to ground the energy down through our body into the ship and the uniforms that we wear also is like an electric conduit that channels the energy into the ship.
0: So what happens if you don't have the shoes on?
1: We wouldn't be as effective. Oh, okay. we would be more dissipated.
0: It's like, I don't
1: know, do you mm. do any sort of hands-on healing?
0: Well, I used to. I don't yeah. so okay. much In anymore. No, well, I, I do with the daughter. <laughs> that's exactly what I was doing the other day. So I've got to say, yes, I still do it. Yep.
1: Yeah. When we do hands-on healing in Reiki, we hold our fingers together like that. You don't hold your hands out like that because if you do, the energy can dissipate through the fingers. Right. Another thing that um, one of the grey teachers taught us in Reiki, which I had confirmed in a really weird way a few weeks or months later, you hold your hands like that. The greys call that the peace sign. And it's like a portal for the energy that's it yeah and where you can on the body you hold your hands in that position because again it's a portal for the energy and pulls us through stronger
0: now that's really interesting because i tell you what pretty much in every interview i do i find you don't see my hands but i find myself sitting here like this right and you'll see bouchard does that he holds it over his solar plexus i don't hold it over my solar plexus i hold it further down and boy my hands wrecked
1: chakra yes yeah and
0: i asked him i had uh, daryl on the show years ago and i said to him because the mudras just happen spontaneously i used to do the like the buddha mudra every time i sat to meditate i would do this and then my mudras changed to this i would just naturally go into this form and i said why am i doing that and he said you're concentrating the energy you're kind of focusing the energy and i went Ah, oh, fascinating! And then he said something that shocked him and me because after he said it, I saw the shock on his face because he wasn't channeling at the time. Yeah. He said, "It'll change," and then he went, "Why'd I say that?" <laughs> 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 and I thought, well, okay, it'll change. It hasn't changed yet." But I sit here with that mudra, that 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 same yeah. shape, that that shape. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, yes, we were told or taught to hold it on our sacral chakra because, of course, sacral chakra is you know the cauldron; it's the seat of the the key energy or chi energy.
0: Right. Um, so that's yeah. where I hold it. I hold it over my sacral. Yeah. And not yeah. my solar plexus, as Bashar does. But then I'm not channeling, it, you know, per se, when I'm I'm talking to people.
1: Yeah. I he do might it. hold it over his solar plexus. Yeah, he does. Because channel. he always
0: has his hands up higher. Yeah.
1: Yes. Because in Reiki, we would try and hold it on whatever chapter we're working on. We try and hold that position. Mm. Yeah.
0: Oh, fascinating! What other tips have they given? What other? What else would they like to tell oh, us? Oh, look! Humans? They taught us a whole
1: wonderful aura cleanse.
0: Okay, let's, let's oh, talk about it's, that. this is 13-step or cleanse. We've actually oh, got it on YouTube. Okay, it's on YouTube. I know uh, your channel's fabulous. I have to tell people to go to your YouTube channel. Uh, <laughs> now, who's been interviewing? Is that Helen? Uh, Helen, Hel- Helen? No, no, that's another friend, Paula Jane. She's, uh, she's wonderful. Me. So oh, she, you she's, and her have been doing a series of... Healing talks, and it's wonderful on your question and
1: answers. Question and
0: answers, Yeah. yeah.
1: Paula's actually studied religion very deeply. She went to the local Catholic university and earned her THL degree, her uh, theology degree. And she, But she's very, very open. She's interested in all this stuff, absolutely fascinated. Um, so she's a real, got a very sharp mind. So she comes up with all these amazing questions. So we thought, okay, we'll do this series. We'll call it Just Love because, I mean, that's the bottom line. It's all Just Love that we're putting up on YouTube. Yeah. That's their channel that I sent to you.
0: The last
1: one I put up, which I think was episode, no, the next one I've got to put up, episode 19, I'm going to um, put the uh, YouTube link down the bottom, so if people want to link in, they can, and um, then I do the aura cleanse.
0: So the question that was uh, coming up, but I think we've just answered it, is that what do they want? So you've done all this for so many years. You've done your meditation and your Reiki and your Qigong and your Tai Chi. What do they want you to do now because you've been yeah, at it for a while?
1: i simply keep on with it. Um, I'm not sure exactly where I need to go from here, but I know it will unfold, so I'll just mm. take it a day at a time. And,
0: um, and how often do you speak to them? Are they just like constantly there in uh, your they're head? They're just around, can't... yeah. If,
1: this, if ever I need to ask anything, I just tune in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> appropriate something, me to know, they tell me. Sometimes I yeah. might, you know, it might be a day or two before they get back, but they always end up getting back.
0: And what is their spiritual evolution like? Are they, so they're telepathic, telepathically connected to the consciousness of the ship, the collective consciousness, the group soul. But yeah. what about their higher selves? How does that work?
1: Okay, what I need to do to explain that is explain okay. the human ladder that we were taught by my, my great teacher, Maris. Um, Oh, and Aurus, that's fine, I'll get into trouble if I don't mention Aurus. was the one who first gave it to us, and then Mars clarified it. We were told about this, Helene and I, and Helene's daughter Kira, that we talk about in the Zeta in message. We were given this teaching back in about 2001. The Greys call it the human lab, and what it is, it's the evolutionary path of all humans through the cosmos or through the universe, starting with level one, which is where planet Earth is, so we can access about 10% of our potential consciousness. Mm -hmm. And we gradually evolve up through the levels to level 10, where we can access 100% of our consciousness. So it's like 10% first level, 20%, second level, 30%, etc. Now, the majority of the greys are from level five and upwards. They're not mammalian humans. They're insectoid humans. um, But they're also very closely linked in with the nature spirit kingdom, the elementals. Mm. whose physical manifestation on earth is through the insect kingdom. So there's a real link there. Um, They also work very closely with what humans call angels, which are very, very high energy right up on the top of the ladder. So some of the grays are right up at level eight, level nine, and then sort of eventually roll into the angelic kingdom of level 10.
0: Okay. So interesting because I've been listening to this whole law of one stuff. As put out by this young spiritual teacher and uh he was talking about densities and he said exactly the same thing he just called them densities and he just called them different you know numbers you know just giving them levels yeah. i think he said we go up to nine or eight densities was the top density but i think that the numbers and the levels are sort of irrelevant that's just human speak oh, really
1: yeah and also see what happens is non-polarized energy right at the, up at the top so it's probably polarized up to about level eight or nine and then it becomes i think he said
0: he said that your higher self is your group soul is your collective soul a bit like the collective soul of the ship and it it exists at the sixth density in his in the law of one uh vernacular so that might be level it might be a different level same information but a different level in the way that you you know in the vernacular that you've been given in in the in the way it's been explained to you but so that your higher self is the group soul so you'd have to be a group soul because imagine if you're gray human past life future life yes. you know like there's there's a lot of us
1: <laughs> look it's, it's all one this is a key to it it's all one and yeah. this is one of the things he said he said we met ma- we are manifesting a life on all levels of the human ladder all in the now
0: all at the same time and so your higher self is the is the sort of combination of all yeah. that that's at, the god essence it's yeah but at, he said that it it exists at the sixth density so if we're in third density he said that it exists at the sixth density and then beyond that we start to merge more into the oneness and the higher self kind of becomes yeah,
1: sort that sort of
0: makes sense. Yeah. Less prevalent, yeah. less um yeah. Yeah. um, um yeah. less yes, a part of the maybe this.
1: at that sixth or seventh level the higher self is still sort of slightly individualized and then it leads towards oneness. Because yeah. the E.T.'s for God is oneness or source.
0: Yeah. Where we're heading. And okay, so back to that question about their higher self. Is that group soul that they all connect into in the ship? Is that their higher self?
1: um it, it's not quite it's sort of sort of is and sort of isn't it's part of the higher self it, again, okay, it's, so
0: it's another uh, aspect of the higher self the all right aspect of mm-hmm. the higher self mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i've had a big teaching from my mob all about this but they teach me in visuals and who was i speaking to zoe on the show last show i did she's the same she gets taught in visuals and there's just no way I, no, it's like i haven't got a hope in hell to try and explain the visuals that i get Like I can see it and it perfectly makes sense, but it's 3D. It's in colour. I'm inside it. It's like, it's showing me everything. And it's, it's, but I could, you know, to get on YouTube and try and tell people what I was, it'd be almost impossible.
1: Same thing happened with us with the crop circle, uh, the um, um, human ladder because it leads to a crop circle. Um, Yeah. The human ladder, because I wanted to illustrate it in the Zeta message book.
0: Right. And
1: I was, Kira, Helene's daughter, and I were both trying to draw it from our description and we just could not get it down on paper. So we oh. jokingly
0: put of thought out, how about giving us a crop circle to illustrate it? And God love them, they did. Ah, oh, <laughs> can you point us in that direction? What's the crop yeah, circle? Yeah, it's, it's on the cover of the Zeta message. Oh, it's, it's on the cover of the Zeta Yeah, Zeta the Zeta. Milk Hill crop circle
1: from 2001. 30 oh, okay. August, I think it was 2001.
0: Well, one of the most fascinating things I ever saw was when I first saw the Thrive movie, you know, years ago. And mm-hmm. uh, you know that movie, Thrive. Yeah. What on earth will it take? Uh, Foster Gamble. He's actually putting out the sequel to it, which is coming out this year. Anyway, so so in that movie, he turns crop circles through uh, computer, you know, graphics. Yeah. He turns them into a 3D thing. Yes. And it's just. Like you see the crop circle and the three D thing, and you see energy systems and vortexes, and and you go, yeah. Oh, but yeah. yeah, that if I could get some sort of computer graphic person to kind of get in my head and see what I see and put it, it would be beautiful. Someone will do it one day. Someone yeah, will. Yeah, it look, day. it'll be done one of these days. It'll be done one of these days. That'd be lovely days. if once you get it in your head, if you could project it onto paper, wouldn't it? I wouldn't. That be great. <laughs> <laughs> Just go. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but I um it was a while ago they showed me how all the souls group souls like all the progression uh, it was sort of like a big sun in the middle and then all these these aspects coming off and then on each arm were different levels of the of your experience, the end yes. level being human and then your astral level and then another level and and so just in this one form we have all these multiple yeah. levels yeah. and that's just one life yes. um, but it yeah. was just like this sun and it was moving and it was oh it was amazing it sounds connected. like the human ladder yeah i'm sure it was the human ladder i have to yeah. go and i'll put the crop circle up on the youtube so people can see the yeah. image um, of that crop circle yeah
1: yeah because it's 3d because i could never understand it when they first gave it to us that human ladder has 10 levels but the crop circle only has six spirals Right. It's because it's 3D, there are deeper levels as well. And yeah. I, I didn't know this until I was writing um, E.T. Presence on Earth and they gave me more information then for that book to explain it.
0: Okay. <laughs> so uh, another question that I've sort of skipped over, I had in my mind before, a lot of people wonder about the abductions by okay so there's a few things that happen there are the MyLab abductions and then as you say you know it's you've got few. those um gray looking um what do you call them again um, the plfs, blood, PLFs. The PLFs. Yes. and and so they seem to be more negative but then there are a lot of um uh contact that are the scene as abductions where people are terrified just because they're in their puny linear minds exactly. human minds and they're like it's nothing that they've ever been uh penny kelly was talking about her experiences and she was up on a ship and she had experienced for years the fear and one day she said that she had sort of mastered the human experience and she was feeling really cocky and then she was taken but she had maintained that sort of like i've got this i've got this and she had it as she was having this abduction experience and um and she said she was with a whole group of humans that were all going And she's going, Oh, you fools, calm down. But she couldn't calm She couldn't calm them. Gee, we could use her up there. Um, why is this happening? Are these people like you just all? dual souls or like what's going on with the so-called abductions
1: a lot of most of them i think are actually um humans who are ready to have an upgrade to have their dna fixed up that's what the majority of them are right. and the ones down here like susie and myself and a few others who are dual souls we're here to help them because we've got a foot in both camps right um like I, I can't remember what Susie said in her book, but I know as a child I went through a lot of fear until I came to understand. So okay. I can understand it. I've got empathy with people who are going through fear. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's helped me to bridge the gap between the two. Yeah. So I would never say to someone, oh, I don't be stupid," Because I understand, yes, it is scary. And, and it actually yeah. has a physiological effect on the body. Like even after I got used to them and, and was fine with it, on one night, I went down the back in my astral form and my teacher was standing at the bottom of the stairs and he's a tall, grey mantid, And he was actually in his mantid form this particular night. And I stood in front of him and he was towering over me. He was very, very tall. And I felt this clutch of fear. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it was like we merged and it was okay. But just the sight of this being...
0: I have never yeah. heard that tall, grey mantid. So... When you say he's a tall grey, so he can shape shift. He can appear as a grey or a mantid. Well, or... mant- mantids are
1: part of the greys because they're insectoid. When I use the term grey, right. I'm just talking about all the insectoids as a whole, like male and humans or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, they're, they're greys as well. Um, some of them are like more. So you
0: were you were looking at this giant praying mantis-looking being. Mm. Um, what do they look like? So they don't look like praying mantises that we have here on Earth. They don't look like giant insects. They're more humanoid, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Um, it depends. Sometimes they show themselves as human. He does sometimes. I oh, will not human, but I mean grey, typical grey. You know, the long face and the big slanted eyes. But on this particular occasion, he was showing himself very mantid-looking, with those huge eyes and the little triangular face going down the sort of a beak thing. <laughs> yeah, I think he was just sort of mainly showing me, hey, you know, look, this is a form I take sometimes, don't be scared, um, because I panicked a
0: bit. <laughs> <laughs> was it like 10 foot tall? Like... Yeah,
1: about, yeah, about that, about 9 foot I think it was.
0: And what do their bodies look like? Are they very,
1: very thin. Some some of them have a, like a chitinous sort of insectoid on the outside of the body. The ones that I know have like a, almost, they feel like dolphins to touch Mm, sort of rubbery softish rubbery yeah um the hands feel completely human they're not freezing cold they're not hot so I'm these
0: like, are the manted hands or the gray hands
1: uh the gray hands the gray okay hands. so they feel yeah, warm sometimes to the mantids have this feel of things but,
0: they're kind of like insecty type looking.
1: Yeah, I haven't had a lot of experience feeling them, but I have with the grey hands because on one occasion, this teacher, when he was appearing in a more human grey form with the, you know, the big eyes and the dolphin his skin, he was giving me a mouth and throat massage, and his fingers were going right down into my throat because. I have a bit of jaw problem, like a lot of greys down here do, because we don't use physical speech up on the ship. So I have a little bit of trouble with the jaw. I haven't got the ability to open my mouth like a normal human, and I haven't even got the same number of teeth that a normal human has. Um, And he, he was wanting me to speak out more. So he was giving me a mouth massage, and these long, long, long fingers going right down inside my throat. And yet it wasn't uncomfortable, I wasn't choking or anything. Um, but they felt just like normal human fingers, except you were
0: pressing really hard. Right. Look, I remember talking to Sherry Wild a few years back about her oh, experiences. is yes, she great? She's, she's a great speaker. Uh, and what what fascinated me about Sherry was that for so many years, she was in denial for so it's, many years. Yeah. Like the, 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 the strength of the human mind when it when it, wants to believe something uh that is not true you know like and um and one of the things that cracked me up was her her guy Dar. she calls him as yeah, call a that's right da.
1: um
0: she was doing a screaming ah, da, da. she was um, abducted and carrying on and he goes you do this every time when are you going to stop, <laughs> stop like every time they took her off she would do the fear thing the screaming, the screaming and the yelling he was like oh, god you know I get they get that we have this forgetfulness which is endlessly frustrating for people who know that we have the forgetfulness and still have the forgetfulness even though we know it yep. um, so they must be patient to a you Know passionate to an extent, but then I suspect after thousands maybe of experiences, and then she's still doing that.
1: (laughs) All you could do up there is just knock them
0: out. (laughs) Yeah, like an animal that's panicking, and then you just sedate it. I know we're like them, we're like the animals to them, aren't we?
1: And you feel so sorry for a person who's in a state like that you know they put their body goes into like a physiological shock you know and you think oh god are they gonna have a heart attack or something
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and who was it to dennis uh denise lynn oh i got her name right no lynn oh gosh i've gone uh do you know who i'm talking about she wrote a book yeah. called from fear to love yeah, Denise Slim, Anna Slim. Oh gosh. I'm, I, anyway, she yeah. said that she was doing the fear too, and then one day she said, "I had a bit of a um, like." She flung her arms out because they didn't sedate her. They, I think there was like one time where the, she was calm, and so they, the more calm she was, the less sedated she was. And then she had a bit of a fright. She flung her arm out, and she hit one of the grays, and it went flying across the room. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> and she felt so sorry. <laughs> and she said he was so soft when I hit him he was so soft and um she felt so sorry for him but I think that her heart she had this real heart opening at that point and realized that these are you know benevolent beings and she had nothing to be fearful of and uh at that point, I think that that was her awakening into that understanding that it was all good. And then they stopped sedating her and she would cruise around the ship and chat to them and they would take her on, um, you know, tours of the ship and show her things. And yeah.
1: She um, lost her fear and meantime, the Gray she had probably become terrified of humans after that.
0: <laughs> well, let me ask you about that, Judy. Do, do greys have the ability to be fearful? Because I, I don't think they have the range of emotion that we have, do they?
1: The emotions are deeper. Um, There is a race of greys who originated on Earth that Bashar talks about, who were ant people. And, yes, they do have trouble with their emotions. And the other greys, you know, the off-planet greys are trying to help them. They're trying to balance them, bring their emotion back, and calm Earth human emotions down. So that's why there's this hybrid program going on. But the off-planet greys, yes, they do. But because they're insectoid, they haven't
0: got the musculature in their faces to be able to express emotion
1: Um, emotion is an energy but they can't physically express it express it on a deeper level yeah they feel it just they
0: feel it do they have the because i i've heard that you know here on earth we have this variety this huge range of emotion therefore we can experience this depth of depression uh where a lot of higher evolved um societies don't have that same range so they can get upset but they don't really go into that whole depth no no, they don't
1: experience the real no emotions but they experience higher the higher
0: ones yeah Yeah,
1: i'm aware of this when i'm working through my grade form that The level of non, like, unconditional love is just beyond words.
0: Yeah. It's
1: just absolutely beautiful. Total unconditional love, compassion, patience and all. Far more when I'm in my human form. I mean, I try and practice as well as I do, as well as I can. But as a grey, I can feel it so much stronger.
0: Isn't that interesting?
1: And the sense of humour is deeper too. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so fascinating. It's like
1: a child, a childish sense of fun. You know, the old thing said in the Bible, you know, you must become again as a little child
0: in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's yeah, that's the children about. will inherit the earth. Yeah. The, further to go,
1: the more childlike and, you know, sense of fun and humour comes in.
0: Be like little children in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, something like that. I'm, I'm not religious and, you know, don't quote yeah, me, but right. I do remember a few of those things being thrown around. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So they're like that, and and many gurus are like that. too, the Dalai Lama, yes, you know, so yes. childlike and innocent, and yeah. lo- and loving, and yeah, beautiful. So yeah. who knew that greys were like that? Because you can't, you know, can they smile? Like as you say, they don't have the musculature in no, their faces. They
1: can't. It's all in the eyes. All the expressions in the eyes. The mm. jaw is fixed, which is why they can't chew. And a lot of us down here have trouble with the jaw. The jaw is fixed. The jaw is and fixed. And when they eat, they, they can put something in their mouth. They like They have like a waif or a pudding substance or they can place it on their skin. Yeah.
0: But they can't
1: chew food. So, of course, they're not, they they uh, don't even eat. They're vegetarian.
0: Yeah, they probably have mostly liquid. Uh, We've been yakking for about an hour and a half. I didn't realise how fast the time was going. Okay, so the last question I want to ask you is what do they say about our climate? What's going um,
1: on with the climate? Oh, my, my teacher sent a whole long message through about that the other day. What they what he was saying, um, I'll just try and encapsulate it. He said, because Earth's plane humanity has been so strongly patriarchal for so long, it's thrown the balance of the planet out because we're part of planet Earth. We're intrinsically linked in with nature. And so this is behind a lot of the unnatural heating up of the planet because Yang polarity represents heat. Hmm. Yin and yang are simply polarities, they're opposites. So yang is hot, yin is cold. Uh, Yang is day, yin is night. Um, Yang is male, yin is female.
0: That's fascinating, Judy. I've never heard it expressed like
1: that. Over patriarchalness of the planet, it's reached a level of complete imbalance, and that's what's causing climate problems. Okay, so it's why we're having cold winters as well because planet earth itself self trying to bring it back into balance
0: She's trying to balance yeah yeah i was listening to someone sent me a cry on channeled message and he said that what we call climate change will be known as climate cycles that we're going to experience in the next few years some of the hottest and coldest weather patterns we've ever seen on earth yeah. since we've been recording the weather
1: Yeah.
0: Um, until she rebalances but obviously this balance that Guy is going through is intrinsically linked to our consciousness because how yes. could it not be? Yes. Uh, so in that respect, we are affecting climate change, but it's not as most of the people think through the carbon emissions. I mean, they're, they're playing a part, but they're not the, uh-huh. the whole picture. Yeah, uh, it's just consciousness. So this patriarchal consciousness is heating up the planet. I have never heard it put like that. That's amazing. We actually put that message
1: up on the YouTube um, clips, the Just Love YouTube clips.
0: Ah, oh, there you go.
1: Yeah. I can't remember which one it was, but there's a little little um, explanation of each one.
0: So the best way to combat climate change or, no, let me rephrase that, the best way to help the climate Shifting the climate balance the climate cycles yeah. is to be more loving more feminine yes. more empathic more intuitive yes. more feminine yes yes and and teach as many people as you can to be more heart-centered empathic intuitive feminine yep. mothering type energy yes. it's just to yes. spread that feminine energy across the planet yes. yeah
1: more, more nurturing and compassion than more mongering and, 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 and aggression yeah
0: and that's the best way to combat climate change. Oh, yep. that's a fabulous <laughs> message. I love that. That's just the best. very <laughs> yeah, excited when he gave the to us too. <laughs> well, I'm doing well because I worry, you know, as I put plastic in the bin and I go, oh, the plastic, the plastic. The ETs have said to me that they have the uh, technology to eliminate all the pollution on Earth like that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they're not going to do it because, like you say, they're on the sidelines cheering us on they say you can do it you can do it we'll show you how but you can do it it's not up to us to do it it's up to us to guide you guys to do it exactly exactly so that makes me feel a little better when I see all the plastic crap everywhere but at the same time I still worry about all that plastic and pollution and stuff like that but uh, I'm doing my darndest to help climate change by being loving and feminine (laughs) Spreading that energy, trying to recycle and things. Uh, oh, that's yeah. such a beautiful. Any last messages from our ET family um, before we say goodbye? This, I'll put something
1: down, I'll just find it because I can never remember things. Um, yeah, I used to do a series of book um, um, signings around the different bookshops many, many years ago, and people used to say, Look, you know, what's the message that the ETs want? You know, want to have put across and yep. I try and go into this long explanation. And one day when I got home I said, Look, you know, come on, help me, just sum it up for me. And yep. what it was they said, the sum up what they've taught us. To understand our universe in terms of oneness, to understand our universe in terms of energy, and to understand ourselves in terms of oneness and energy, thus enabling us to choose love over fear. There
0: you go. In a nutshell. In a nutshell. Choose love over fear. So next time you get fearful because you get some diagnosis from the doctor, go no worries, mate. I can sort this out. Yeah, she'll be right, mate. <laughs> she'll be right, mate. I can sort this. I am the creator of my reality. I choose love over fear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> with an Australian accent. Yeah. Oh, darling one, thank you so much for chatting with me. It's been, oh, it's been an absolute pleasure,
1: Karen. Lovely. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much.
0: Well, that was a lot of fun with Judy. That was fascinating. I, 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 I was fascinated the whole time I had that conversation with Judy. Not that I'm never not fascinated. I'm always fascinated with everybody. But I have to say the climate change thing was the thing that really got me in order to help climate change be more feminine. Even if you're a guy, accentuate your feminine side. What's your femininity? It's your empathy. It's your nurturing. It's your intuitive psychic abilities your ability to tune into frequency and energy yes that too much patriarchal energy is raising the heat of the planet i had never heard that before but it makes perfect sense isn't it yin and yang if if masculine energy is a heat energy and feminine energy is a cool energy wow that's amazing that's how we help climate change amazing beautiful message was lovely to chat with Judy just beautiful just beautiful and I look it sounds like there's so much information in her books we just hit the tip of the iceberg with some of it but uh, I haven't actually read any of the books so I just didn't get time to read them I don't think she sent them to me actually but I'm sure she would if I asked her but uh, sounds like the if you're interested in in, um, understanding The Grey Connection on Earth and uh, the whole thing that we spoke about, the books sound amazing. So if you want to buy the books, I'll have the affiliate links to the Amazon on the website, karenswain.com slash Judy Carroll. And you can get them there and you can contribute to the show by buying the books on our affiliate links. So, yeah, fascinating, fascinating, as I say, this young teacher that i 've been watching on YouTube is coming on the show, young, handsome boy who 's very clear as a spiritual teacher. when I see people like him coming forth, putting themselves out there, I think the world 's in good hands because he's you know he 's getting a lot of traction he, in his, especially amongst his generation or maybe everybody, but he 's getting a lot of traction on YouTube and he's doing amazing work uh, just wonderful i don't know when he's coming on the show may i think um but i was watching some of his youtube clips last night his name is aaron a o n i can't remember his last name starts with an a name anyway i'll have the link underneath uh thanks again for listening and watching and um you know the normal lots of people coming up join the inner sanctum Zane daniels is coming on this uh, this month where are we? February, next month, March. Oh, I don't know, we had we had Blair, we had Blair on this month and Tabash, to two for the price of one, that was so much fun speaking with Blair, Styra and Tabash and I've just put up the highlights on on YouTube and um, on the audio platforms of our conversation, some of the conversation we had with Blair in the Inner Sanctum, he was great. Tabash was amazing. Tabash tuned in to a few of the people online and zeroed in on them and gave them all this information like a mini reading. It was really cool. They were happy. And uh, so join us if you want to have these conversations on a more personal level in the inner sanctum and um, meet some of the people I speak to and meet me. (laughs) And, uh, or if you don't want to join our groups, have a personal session. It'll be fun. We'll have a great time. I'll tune into your mob I'll tune into my mob. Lots of information, lots of healing, all good. Love you all and remember to buy the book Awakened by Death. I will see you again soon. Bye for now.